0: Hey, this is Bev and welcome to People at Work. This is a podcast brought to you by Jocel. Uh, We're a tech company located in Vancouver, Canada, and we're interested in understanding how to help people have successful days at work. And to do that, we have an employee success platform that we use to engage, enable, and celebrate people in their workplace. And at the same time, I'm having conversations, I research, I present events, and just really try and dig into what is actually happening in the world of work so that we can be better informed and help the community of leaders out there to actually um, not only have great days of work themselves, but to enable success for their people while they're at it. So I'm delighted to be back again this week with another episode, and my guest today is Molly Brutimeso, who is the SVP of Customer Success at Wonderkind, and she's located in New York, and we are going to have a conversation today about retaining and managing young professionals in the workplace, which, as we know, has changed a lot over the last few months. So really
1: looking forward to hearing from you today, Molly. Oh, it has changed so much, Bev. Thank you so much for having me today.
0: Fabulous. Well, we've, we've got a, a really interesting topic to dig into today, especially in the context of what most of us who are in the people space or the leadership space in businesses today are hearing and seeing around retaining people the great resignation the turnover tsunami name it what you will there is a lot of shifting happening in the workplace at the moment for various reasons um you know i think some of that uh, turnover was already happening but perhaps the sh- the big shove that we got from covid um really helped people realize that they weren't happy with what they were doing they would satisfied with the kind of work they were doing with the kind of leaders they were being exposed to and have made decisions to make some changes so um why don't we start by just getting your perspective on you know what are some of the key retention challenges that organizations are facing specifically with young people right now
1: yeah absolutely i mean they really range and i think you know there's been a lot of talk about kind of the great resignation and when you unpack that, each and every story is different, but people are prioritizing things differently. And I really respect it. I, I didn't prioritize my life or think about the things that the young professionals in my organization did until I was forced to when I had kids. And, you know, I had to reintegrate my life and look at how do I either create boundaries or create connections between work and, uh, and the rest of my life. And what I find is young professionals are doing that from the get-go and they're very advanced in thinking about how work integrates into their life, what it's giving to them from an energy level, how it's playing into, um, you know, their overall goals in life as well as their values in life. So, you know, when we unpack kind of the reason that we're losing folks, each and every one is a different story, but it all comes back to, you know, is, is it aligning to their values? Where do they stand in the rest of their um, their life around, you know, a bigger a bigger purpose, a bigger idea of what they want their life to become, and I think it's really on us as leaders and as companies to make sure that we're helping them align, you know, what their values are to our company values, and being very comfortable with and uh, letting people go in a very empathic and non judgmental way when it is time for them to move on and respecting those decisions which has been a learning process um, for me as well, because I always want to keep them in the nest. But it's been a great reminder that, you know, it's a long journey and having people have a great experience and letting them get off the train when they're ready to get off is also a valuable experience as well.
0: Yeah, you know, I think you you raise a a few interesting points there, uh, most notably that I think we, as more advanced workers in our careers, um, have a lot to learn from the younger generation around priorities and where we should be spending our time and the type of experience that we want to have during our our work day, which is part of our life. Like I think maybe older generations, there was more of a segmentation around work and life and other stuff. And now we're starting to see that those things are just, it's just life really, isn't it? And younger people are prioritizing what they want in their lives much earlier on in in their lives. Um, So I guess what that leads me to ask you then is, yes, I, I agree with you. We need to create these great experiences for people. And when they're ready to get off the train, let's help them get onto the next train for the next destination. But how do we change our attitudes and perspectives then around people are not lifers anymore? You know we need to, as leaders, be okay with the fact that you're going to be investing in people who may only stay for a year or two years. if you're lucky, probably three years, um you know, especially in the tech industry where my business is located. Um so like how how do we help leaders get comfortable with the fact that this is
1: more transient than permanent? It's a great question. and to be frank, still in that journey myself, what we've tried to do is be really transparent about career pathing within our org as well, and be really clear around what are some other areas in the organization that can give you other experiences too. We also have hired, and I I don't know if other companies do this, but I think this is brilliant. Um, We've hired performance acceleration coaches, and these are folks that are outside of your department that give you kind of coaching against sort of an executive career coach, but they're also familiar with roles in our org as well. So they can coach against what are some opportunities they can look at things from an outside perspective, but still have the kind of tools within our company to say, Oh, you're interested in this. This could be a good opportunity here, or maybe even within your own role, you should explore taking on a new account that would fit your passion and those type of pieces. So I think having, a robust career pathing where people understand where they can go and how they can go is important. Another piece, we have very robust core values. And I always encourage our team to line up what their personal core values are and how those relate to our company core values. Because it, what I want them to get into the habit of is, you know, it's a tough job. It's a tight job market, right? So You know, I know they're being approached by other companies. I want them to make the right decisions if they're going and to get into the habit of how does this line up to that, that other company's core values line up to your personal core values? Because sometimes what I've seen happening is, you know, it gets, the market is so tight and things get interesting and it's always flattering to be reached out to from other companies, but reminding them that you do have to find companies that match your core you know, personal values and at least make sure they're not at odds with your personal values. So I think setting up a few of those structures is helpful um for doing that. And then kind of going back, I'm I'm not answering your question fully, but how we do that is empathic leaders and getting comfortable with the transition. I, I you know, I in tech, and we're both in tech. I get comfortable with it in thinking about what we're doing for the tech community. It's not a very diverse community. Uh, We are one of the few companies that brings people in very early in their career, Have hire quite a few out of college as their first jobs. Um, And, you know, the rest, it's mostly their second jobs. So providing a great experience where they can go on to other companies and bring diversity in. Um, both racial um backgrounds as well as gender backgrounds, but also just in perspectives I see as an important role um that we have in the tech community. And, you know, there's always there's, you know, the Ferris wheel of of technology. I, you know, people sometimes will leave and get comfortable with the idea of having alumni networks and coming back. And uh I think that starts to be you see the larger companies that do that really well and actually have. Um, campaigns against it. I think getting really comfortable with maybe them going and then coming back brings even better perspectives. And, and that's a great story as well.
0: Yeah, I, I like what you said about giving back into the community. And I hadn't really thought about it before. But if if we can get our managers and our leaders to make a mind shift, this becomes a bit of an altruistic endeavor, right? Where you're actually grooming and you're preparing people for not just this job, but the next job they're going to have, which allows them to go and do great things somewhere else. Yes, but ultimately they are contributing to the the, the quality of the environment that we are operating in at, as a larger society. Right. So, um, I'm not sure that's going to give much comfort to those hiring managers. <laughs> I know <laughs> Who are seeing the revolving door, right? And um, it's it's tough, right? Because you you can't take a defeatist attitude and say, well, people are going to leave after three years, so I'm just not going to worry about it. I'm just going to let them leave like that. I don't think that's the right attitude to have either. Like, I think you have to find that balance of let's invest in people while they're here, knowing that they might be going on in the coming months. And maybe that's the way you start the relationship, right? Right.
1: That's another piece that we've done as well is get really comfortable with what the reality of how long people will be here. And even having those conversations from the get-go with HR and with our hiring and our talent team and getting comfortable with that and then planning for that attrition so that we can get ahead of that and it doesn't stress out the, the team that's staying so that you can get ahead of what you know is going to happen, that people are going to move on, is an important part too. And I think one of the things that we've seen is as you start having those conversations with people around, yes, I know you're hitting this point. You've been here about two years. You're probably looking at what's next, both internally as well as potentially externally. Let's get you some frameworks to think about change. One of those pieces being, does the company have core values? What are you looking for? Maybe a strengths finder piece. I use some kind of frameworks that I was given with a career coach as well when I'm working with people specifically in a more mentor, um, mentee format and making sure that we're helping them to walk through those changes. And sometimes when you do that, they realize that they're not done yet and you get that extra year out, you get that extra year and a half out, um, that they're doing. So I hope that there's sort of, a An in between that happens that people stay a little bit longer to really get the most out of a company and get that kind of ongoing learning. I don't know about you, Bev, but when I look back at my career, I always wanted that you know trajectory to be up, up, up and to the right. But when I actually look at where I grew the most, it was when I stayed in a role, reinvented, dug down, dug deep, and made some changes there. So I try and encourage the team as well to kind of look at how you're learning within that role. And being in the customer success team, you know, taking on a new client and learning about our clients' businesses is a new role each time because we really act as those marketing trusted advisors and you have to understand their businesses and their businesses, you know what, change every year. You know, the companies that we started working with, you know, four or five years ago, they are completely transformed just like our company is and facing new situations, supply chain, COVID. You know, I don't even know what variant we're on at this point, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's, you know, it's definitely a learning opportunity every day. So as much as we can get folks to see some of the learning opportunities in their day to day, I think, you know, one of the themes that I've seen with the young professionals is just that one for growth and one for learning. We hire for that. So it's not surprising that we see it, but uh, but getting them to see it in their day to day job and then being comfortable when when they have learned what they can hear and they would like to move on and helping them create frameworks to be able to move on to a place that suits their needs.
0: Yeah, a few things in there that I wanted to just pull on. Yeah, I mean, in, in my experience in the roles that I've had, I stayed at a company for 14 years, but I was moving around within that organization and I was able to find interesting ways where it felt like i had seven or eight jobs within one company and i was grateful for that experience um it happened to be a culture that i was very happy to be part of and i wanted to stay and be there and help the company yeah, grow so I, there was sort of the duality was there for me um the question that i would have for you is you know you said when you're talking to people who are leaving everyone has their story or their reason for leaving or the, the next thing that they want to go and do But what if it's actually the culture? Like, what if people are leaving because there's something broken in your organization? Um, How do leaders get real about that, Um, in addition to all the other things we've just talked about, about the environment that they need to be creating for people to be there and learn and thrive and grow? Like,
1: do you have any thoughts on the culture architecture piece of the organization? Uh, Absolutely. I, I mean, we try very hard um to kind of lead with culture and there's a very strong culture here. Uh, so and we ask them <laughs> what do we need to change? Is our culture still the ca- kind of culture that you need? We try and create culture in the office as well as in the hybrid environment for remote employees. Uh, but I think what we see on that, it, you know, and I've been at a few companies and you see Companies just be completely out of touch with the need for a strong culture uh and uh that you know they're they're behind at this point uh, so you know we um we generally lose people to companies that have weaker cultures or not as kind of uh, diverse of a culture as well, and then they kind of miss you know, that culture piece and realize, you know, how important it is when it's your first or second job, you know, there's, there's not that appreciation for it, you know, being a more, I forget the word you use, but a more mature, um, mature in my career, you know, we've, we've seen those cultures that are amazing. And we've seen those cultures that, you know, kind of kill your soul a little bit, um, (laughs) every day. And, Having an appreciation for that um, is one of the one of the few things that I think uh, we can bring as uh, more mature um, uh, professionals. I think um, just going back on on some of the uh, like how do you deal with that? One of the other pieces that I think is important is actually listening and asking the young professionals like what they need. And it sounds so basic, uh, but there's this woman, Kat Cole. And she's um, been multiple times CEO, um, rose through the ranks at Hooters of all things from when she was 16. And she talks about when she was in um, the training people, she would actually go into the bathroom after the training and stand on the toilet to overhear the conversations because people wouldn't tell her to her face. I could be wrong, but when we do these focus groups and I sit down and talk to people and ask them what's wrong, they they don't have any fear about telling me. You know, it's there, They'll, you know, I'm like, give me the roses and the thorns, you know, and they give me a few of the roses and that kind of thing. They have some great insights. And then they're like, okay, here's a Santa list of thorns. You know, here's what else we could be doing, Molly. And here's what we could be doing there. And what we've tried to do is actually codify some of that into feedback and then show what we're doing to the team on those actions and anything that we're not doing on those actions to also have a more open and transparent communication about why we're not doing those things, right? And, you know, I what I found is that's really appreciated, the level of transparency that this, um, the group of young professionals want and need is next level. You know, the the types of questions they have are so insightful and I have to be honest, I wouldn't have even thought to ask, uh, you know, the head of my department when I was 22, Some of the questions that they ask but it's great it makes me think and it helps me to kind of create the next journey um, for them and the next um journey we have in the coming year for our clients as well
0: yeah we just recently um just to echo your your emphasis there on the listening and the asking piece so we just at jostle recently decided that we were going to introduce a structured stay interview process. So we had been doing exit interviews for, you know, forever. Right. Um, But we realized that we didn't have a way of actually giving our people a chance to have an open conversation with us. And we didn't want to do a survey. We don't do engagement surveys. We don't really believe in that modality. Um, And it's been a really interesting process to just see the different types of people and the different ages of people and how Open people are like you were saying, um, you know, and and some of the surprising questions that I've been asked back have been really insightful. Like one of the people who I interviewed, um, so we had a set of five questions that we asked everybody, um, and at the end of the interview, I we have this open ended: "Is there anything you'd like to ask, or can I clarify anything?" And this this person said to me, he was a younger person, um, he said could you answer the same questions back to me that you asked me because I'd love to know your perspective as a senior leader in this business what do you think and I was just I was I wasn't expecting it because it was so it it was so generous of spirit first of all that he was interested in my perspective um but that he actually thought that that was important and I I just was caught off guard. Um, So I I don't know. Have you had any moments like that where you've just been like, wow, this is, you know, really quite astounding?
1: Absolutely. And I have kind of a moment like that with almost every one-on-one I have with the team. And that has led to doing, I don't have time. It's a team of about 110. And so I can't consistently meet monthly with each each person, but what we've done is that kind of hiring classes, if you started within six months, do more of a focus group, but if it's more of a lunch and casual, you know, pieces to bring some of that out. So it led to some of that. My, my biggest moment like that was actually somebody that was meeting with me to ask about how I think about, you know, they're kind of moving into another life stage and considering potentially, you know, having children or that kind of thing. And the questions this person was asking me, you know, how do you manage your own energy? Do you find that you need less of it? These things that almost brought me to tears because I was like, I, I wish I had thought about this before entering this stage of my life and thought about it in such a well-manicured way of how could you plan for this? And how could you plan for having to control your energy and needing still some, some me time? So and that was just very, very much caught me off guard. And, but I, it also really made me think about how to create a better environment for mothers here and fathers and that kind of thing. Um, Because it's certainly when I was having kids, my kids are now um seven and three, almost eight and four, I, you know, there wasn't really any, any support for, oh, how could this change your life? And how could you manage this coming back into work? um, To better integrate uh, your your life, my my kids have been you know all over Zoom all the time during COVID, and whether or not I wanted to keep my life separate or not, that ended in COVID. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and that's ultimately, I think, a good thing. I, I
1: think I it's, it's agree. Given agree. This you, freedom and can't put the two back in, you know. No. And it's it's very freeing in in a way, and you can kind of realize how much you were kind of holding the, the walls back of what your, the messiness of your life was.
0: Yeah. And, and I think coming back to something you said earlier, as we're closing here, um, the shift in perspective around a whole life versus the segmented approach to living where you have work and family and friends and sport like it really is just, just life, right? And like what you're talking about with that person asking you for your insights around how to manage aspects of his or her or their life. um, It just, it makes me wonder about how different, It's it's not only about retaining young people in the workplace, but in your perspective, like what does that mean? Like in terms of this whole life attitude, what does that mean in terms of the shift in how we should be managing people in their day-to-day? Because that's quite different, right? Like the, the old guard is moving out of the workforce, um, but they had a very different way of wanting to be managed or wanting to work, right? So how are we managing people on a day-to-day basis who have got this greater desire for alignment and purpose and mattering in, in their workplace?
1: Yes, it's been really interesting. Uh, Managers on my team, we talk about this a lot. And because we don't want to force people to bring their lives to us if they don't want to, if they still don't want to integrate them. But offering those moments where you ask them more open-ended questions, what keeps you up at night? And somebody might bring a client issue. But it gives them the opportunity to also say, you know, I'm caring for my mother who got COVID or, you know, what have you to bring that into the conversation and asking that on a regular basis and one-on-ones, you know, nine times out of 10, they might not say anything that's on the personal side, but giving that consistent opportunity to bring something up that's more personal has been important for us. And we're even looking at things. We just had a training for us as leaders on how how to bring mindfulness into customer success. So how to have a letting go ceremony after a tough client call, Um, how to have kind of a moment of mindfulness before getting on to be able to manage that energy level, things that I'm sort of into all the woo-woo now, but if I look at my former self, I would have been like, this is ridiculous. You know, we're not talking about this. This is work. But it's really, it's really important. And I think it's really impactful And some of the, you know, again, nine out of 10 times, you'd don't need that. But then you've got one person that really is just needing to not take on board all of that kind of like bad energy or, you know, anger that a client's going through and, you know, learn how to kind of let go of it. And I think that's kind of one of the pieces there is just making sure we're giving the tools to integrate these things into your work life and giving the opportunities if they want to bring it in to do that. One of the kind of fun things that I like is in the in the EBRs, the executive business reviews we do with our clients, we we do a recess or an intermission um, that we're allowed to bring like your messiness into your life. So because that, you know, there was always the break um, that would happen where a kid would come rushing in or a dog would be barking or whatever. And so we, we kind of keep that slide and it allows for people to actually come and introduce their dog and that kind of thing. And it, now it's become you know, after COVID, where you had those moments where you're literally holding back the door, now it's become this kind of welcome. Oh, this is fun. We get to know each other's, you know, things and what's going on. And if people don't have a pet, you know, they're watering the plant and, you know, introducing us to the plant. So, uh, so anyway, that's been a kind of fun way to to integrate it as well and get to know our clients better. As you said, a lot of this has changed for the better.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you. And I, I think if I'm, If I'm summarizing what I've heard from you here on this chat today is really um, like the human aspects of working together have become more important than ever before and really creating space for those human conversations, understanding the other aspects of people's lives is really, really critical for retaining and managing younger people. And then embracing the messiness of this new normal that we have, right? And with that comes all sorts of things that allow people to be themselves and to feel like they belong, right? So is there anything else you'd add as a summary to uh, to the the chat today?
1: i I don't think so. And I think just like embracing and aligning those values, the personal values and the company values, to your point on culture being so important and not just something to think about as a as a side dish um, for companies is, is is so critical. so
0: yeah, I love how you phrase that. That's that's a really strong image. Thank you for for ending on that note. Well, thanks for being here today. This has been wonderful. I know we're short on time, so I'll uh, say thank you and uh, wish you well and stay safe. Thank you, Bev. Have a wonderful day. Yeah, thanks you too. Thanks for listening to People at Work. If you enjoyed the episode today, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we'd really appreciate it. We'd love to get this material into the ears, hearts and minds of as many listeners as possible and we'd really appreciate your help. Until next time.